Welcome to Sport and Life with Sam Kekovich and Leon Wigard. Sam, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Leon. How are you, my friend? I'm very, very well, but very saddened yes. because we lost Murray Wiedemann now. And uh, folks who listen to this broadcast regularly will know that Sam and I are members of the Bang Sang Club. And it was only a week, a couple of weeks ago, that we lost Graham Arthur. Yeah. And now we've lost Murray Wiedemann, who are fellow members of Bang Sang. Yeah, it is with a heavy heart this morning, but uh, some very fond memories. And. Uh, Murray was a wonderful friend uh, of our family, my father and my uncle, because when he went to Albury as a coach, uh, we ended up, I don't know what the exact uh, pathway was, but we befriended Murray. And you would remember this, Leon, uh, Murray used to get us grand final tickets when I was a kid in 64, I remember vividly, went to a landmark in Melbourne, near the uh, roundabout at Elizabeth Street where old 3UZ or still is up there, 927. You'll, have, a, a, you'll have our guest in tears shortly because uh, he goes back to that area too. Well, the hotel in question was the Mayfair. Yes, yes. Remember the Mayfair yeah, Hotel? Yeah. And I remember what, no, I didn't walk in there, my uncle and my father did, and Murray came out said hello and I was in awe you imagine a 14 year old kid there's a superstar of the uh, competition and he handed us the tickets to go to the grand final so Murray over many many years you know had a, we had a close attachment he was a wonderful wonderful guy and uh, terribly terribly missed was that your introduction to the, to the fiddle you're breaking up again, Leon. <laughs> you, you've got, you know, you just can't help yourself. <laughs> so Murray was a wonderful fellow. And by the way, as I was talking to you before we went on air, um, as a former water polo player, I played at Kew. Um, uh, that was the club that I was with almost all my career. Um, and Murray Weedham was a very, very good sprint swimmer. And he came across from Fairfield and he was the club champion. Well, see, he was a man of many talents. Because as you know, in those days, <clears throat> he also was a master wrestler. Yes. He was a, a good-looking model. Everyone wanted to model yeah. himself. Everyone wanted to be like Murray Wiedemann. He was a Rock Hudson of his era, and uh, he was so multi-talented. Everything he took, apart from his obvious discipline, footy, but uh, as I mentioned, wrestling. He was a great performer. He was just, you know, he, he was he was a wonderful marketing commodity. If you want to market something, you go to Murray Wiedemann. He was the front and square of everything, and. Uh, just an enormous talent before great, his time. In and a great player. Well, a good segue into our guest today because he too is a inaugural member of our Vang Sang Club. And a good-looking bloke too in his early day. And Not that he isn't now. Super bowler. And, of course, unhappily, it has to be said unhappily, best known for being thrown out of cricket, which is a terrible tag to have. But it's, it's there. Ian Mackov joins us now, better known to us as the Count. By the way, uh, Ian, where did that come from? Uh, basically, it came from uh, John Edwards, who was also a, an old member of Van Sang. Uh, that's uh, uh, that, we, see, in these days, we wouldn't be able to say it. His nickname was Darky. That's right. <laughs> well, you can't that's do it now. So, there, that's because very there, true. Were, there were two John Edwards. One's the president, and the other was a, he was a he was a spin bowler and batsman, wasn't he? Uh, no, he's a medium pacer. Medium pacer. Yeah. Now he didn't bat very well because he batted after me, so he could have been too good. <laughs> But uh, no, he uh, he actually he and Len Maddox, who was the wicketkeeper at the time when I first started, and they they all had nicknames, and they North, came. North they North North said, well, you know, what's your name? What's it, how how did it come? Or where's it from? And all that sort of thing. And I said, well, actually, it's a, it's a little bit of English, there's a little bit of German, and all that sort of thing. So they say, well, Nick of the uh, what about the Count of the Kiff? So that's how it all started, yeah. <laughs> the Count of the Kiff. Yeah. yeah. It is actually a, a diff... I, I have difficulty um, regularly saying it. 
uh, is easy enough, but uh, writing it down on paper and getting the spelling for Mecca is a bit difficult. And I've, I've been meaning to ask you for many years the background, so it's a combination of German and English, is it? Yeah, well, I think there might be a few other areas, other countries as well, from what I gather, because um, our great great parents and all that were were in the army and they used to travel around a bit. So I think that's where some of the uh, some of the names or, or some of the countries came from. The Count of Monte Cristo, I think, uh, yes, yeah. comes to mind immediately. Can we go back to the start of Vang Sang? And um, you're one of the remaining uh, inaugural members. Alan Aylard is one. Uh, Neil Roberts, Albert Mantello, Ian McAuliffe, and Harry uh, Harry Englander. Englander. Uh, yep. I think that's it now that Graham Arthur's gone. Um, no, this uh, Neil Roberts was another one. Yeah, I mentioned Coco. Oh, you mentioned Neil. Yeah, uh, Brian. No, uh, oh, our mate that lives down at uh, Barimbula. Uh, uh, oh yes, that's right, Brian. Brian Higgy. Brian Hegarty, he, he was another one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, that's about right, actually. We should never start those lists, should we? <laughs> <laughs> so tell uh, us about was... those hairy days in the old... Because we, I mean, I I came into the club, I suppose, uh, three or four years after it started, and uh, but I used to go to it, of course, p- prior to that, and it was all, always a hoot, but, gee whiz, they were funny guys, and, uh, and they were so damn adventurous, so... They'd get filled up with grog and then they'd have the race around the block and they'd have an arm wrestles and they'd have real wrestles in the bar and they'd never go at anything. It has come a long way to the club, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it all basically started, we, we used to meet there uh, at, at the hotel just for lunch on a, every Friday and uh, uh, Ian McDonald said, well, this is, yeah, this is okay, but there's, let's, uh, let's form a bit of a club because uh, there was a couple of other men's clubs in the in the city and uh, he said well why don't we do the same thing so that's how it really started we and then he's the one that put together all the you know, all the names of the of the sporting people uh which still you know, most of us had all played some sort of top sport and uh, there was a couple of rig-ins of course but uh, but generally that that's where it actually started it, but then we finished up in the upstairs of desi rose pub at uh, the vaucluse uh, just to keep away from uh, all the mobs downstairs because they uh, had put in a new bar downstairs and uh, six o'clock closing was around so we used to get up there and then we finished up in the in his uh, office uh, you'd have about 20 guys into an office at about four by four waiting for all the bobs to get out so we can go and have another drink. So, yeah. <laughs> so lunch was at 12 o'clock. Oh, you didn't go back to work right <laughs> afternoon then? Um, <laughs> well, sometimes you went back to work but then finished up back at the, the ball clue. <laughs> That's just right. To, just to top, top yourself off, yeah. Now, uh, you also went to the Birmingham, didn't you, when Butch Gale had it? <laughs> Uh, that that was, uh, I think, a little bit before. I don't think Van Sank was involved in that. We, we may have had a couple of lunches there, but I know I never went there. But uh, it, it could have been for a short time, but I, I don't think it was, it definitely wasn't a permanent job at any rate. Bay Morris said. You wouldn't have, stopped, you wouldn't have no, stayed no. very long at the Birmingham in Fitzroy. There'd be like the gunfight at the OK Corral, oh, the grip tray there. Cut it out, you two. Oh, Fitzroy. <laughs> oh. Now, Tony Ongarello is still with us, and so he can hear this. Um, Count, uh, lovely to have you on the program, and I guess we'd better get on with your uh, your cricket life, and um, what, a, what a career it was. 
what was the lead up to getting into the Australian side? You know, obviously through the Victorian side and through South Melbourne, you were one of those um, players, many, many test players that came through that. Uh, but how about prior to that? Where did you play your underage cricket? Well, I, I played, I played uh, for Mentone uh, in the under-16s. I played a couple of games in the seconds, I think, uh, uh, when I was uh, 15 or 16 years of age. Um, and I finished up uh, South Melbourne. They, they went to, uh, to our place to, to get my, my brother to play. And my brother was a, uh, more or less a, was a very good fast bowler in under-16s. I was only, what, about 13 at the time. And uh, he, he 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 wasn't there, and he wasn't really interested. He was he was playing football. He was he was playing. He was athlete in the athletes and all that sort of stuff. But uh, I was the only one that was really dedicated to playing cricket. So I went to uh, anyway. I finished up being going down to uh, going to South when I was uh, sixteen years of age. I uh, played for what four or five games at the end of the season. And then, uh, and I slowly went, went from there all the way up to uh, up to the first. But it's interesting. I was, I was only just reading something uh, uh, the other day that I was I'm the only player at South Melbourne that went through the four the four levels, which is the fourth, the thirds, and the seconds, and and the first to to play actually Test cricket. There's been I'd say there's been more Test cricketers outside of Melbourne uh, that would have come from South from South when you look at the, the history of, of the club itself. So that, that's where it all started. And then I was lucky enough to, to get in and play, uh, play their first grand, their first final, uh, which we won. That was when I was uh, 18 years of age. So uh, I, I only bowled three overs, I think, in, in the final. But we finished up winning it and beating Paran, which to our, our great... We were, we were over the top because Sam Loxon was their captain. And he was he was pretty hard bloke to play against, but but that that's where it all started. And, but Sam Sam was impressed the following year. He, we played against them in a normal game, and Sam was impressed with me, and he put me into this the squad. And uh, I went to, went down. To, this is the Victorian squad, and I finished up going down going down there to St Kilda. And uh, Jeff Hallibone, who was one of my club mates at South, he said, "Look, whatever you do." Just get out there and bowl as fast as you possibly can. Forget about where they go or anything like that. Just bowl as quick as you possibly can. And that's what I did. The, the same day, John Edwards was... Uh, the, the side was picked, but John Edwards broke his thumb. And they had to find another fast bowler, so I got I got a Guernsey taking his place. And from then on, uh, you know, I, that, was my, that was my start. So I was very lucky. Uh, um, and also... Uh, when, when you look at the team at the time, the Australian team, most of them, uh, a lot, all the, the real good players had all retired after 1956, like Ian Johnson and Keith Miller and Bill Johnson. Uh, Lindsay Hassett had retired a little bit before, but there was a lot of them had pulled out. But so it was more or less a, the opportunity for Mortis to uh, get, get into a little bit higher up. So uh, I was then I was picked to go to New Zealand in a, a, what they call a second team, uh, which was a seven-week tour of New Zealand, and I did all right from there. And then I, then I was selected to go to South Africa, and that's basically it was all very very quick. 
it all happened you know, a little bit over the top, I suppose, in a lot of ways, but uh, I enjoyed every bit of it, put it that way. Count, whilst you were in South Africa, there was a great political ruckus going on with apartheid. Uh, did you see, uh, were you privy to a lot of that? Uh, did that leave a indelible mark on you at all, or how difficult yeah. was South Africa? Yeah, we, we were told when we when we got there, we were told that we were not allowed to to more or less fraternise with the with the, uh, the, the native people, um, and we, we were very, it was a bit difficult because most of the hotels uh, had uh, had the the, the, the the, the South Africans, uh, I've got to be careful how I, well, how I say this, but they're coloured, um, were working in hotels. So uh, I remember one one day I was in the lift with a, with a South African guy and, we, and there was a, uh, uh, there was a, a little native boy who was bullish running the lift and he had a seizure on the way down and the South, the South African blacks put the, put the got jumped out of the, the lift and wouldn't be, wouldn't be involved in the whole thing. He didn't want to touch him. So when I, when we got down into the foyer, I grabbed the the, the, uh, the head guy and uh, they came and got him. But he had, he had a fit and they reckon I saved his life because he uh, the, the tongue was out and all that sort of thing. So, but they uh, the other case was one that uh, some of the guys went for uh, during the day off went for a drive around and uh, and they saw a, a game of cricket going on and that was would you believe that the the natives were actually playing cricket so they got out and they watched it they didn't do any more they only watched it for a short time when they got back to the hotel there was a they were called what well, is hauled over the, the coals because it should not have been talking to uh, to to the native people so that, that was two of the things that really stood out to us and so we, we had to be very, very careful what we did and who, uh, who we were involved with. But uh, over, overall, they were terrific people. They were very friendly and we, wherever we could, we always had you know, had a bit of a chat to them, but you had to be very careful about it. Yeah, there's no doubt. Look, I saw a lot of footage and you've got to call it for what it is. They always had huge signage about coloured people one side, the whites on the other. There was a distinct demarcation line. It was just awful. It was always reminded you of almost slavery back in America. So it would have been extremely difficult for a touring side to battle or adjust almost and concentrate on cricket. Uh, South African tour, how'd it go for you? How'd the, uh, what were your figures? Um, well, actually, I, I took five wickets in the first test match. So uh, that's something I suppose that you should be proud of. Yes. But, but uh, it was five for about 125, so we did a hell of a lot of, a hell of, a lot of bowling. But uh, no, I, I didn't. I had a reasonable tour, but not, not, not a great tour. But it was enough to, to more or less get me into uh, uh, the following year when the Poms were coming out. Let's get some of the players uh, of this time, uh, so that we can uh, sort of align ourselves with the period. Uh, you're talking Bob Cowper, Bill Laurie, are those the, 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 that? No, uh, no. The, the Victorians were Colin McDonald, Neil Harvey, uh, Lynchy Clyde, and myself. Uh, New South Wales was. Uh, Ian uh, Craig was captain. Yeah. Uh, Benno, uh, Alan Davidson, Bob Simpson. Uh, Normie O'Neill should have been on the tour, but he missed out. Um, then uh, Quake Queensland uh, was Peter Ken Mackay, Wally Grout, uh, Peter Burge. Uh, Barry South Australia was Les Favell, Barry Jarman, uh, and West Australia, well, West Australia. 
Western Australia at that stage were uh, didn't really have a lot of test players going. But, but Graham McKenzie uh, was gas there. Rutherford was one of them. Uh, but it wasn't until uh, I say uh, pretty well about four or five years later where they started to get a few like Des Hoare, uh, Keith Slater. Uh, Keith Slater was also a very good footballer. Yes, played for, played for Western Australia. But uh, yeah, that, that was pretty much the guys that were, were involved. But, uh, but but Camper and Bill Laurie, Bill Laurie didn't come on the scene until '61. But he was playing playing for Victoria. But he, uh, I think, the season before, uh, Bobby Cowper was even later than that. But uh, yeah, but that, they were the the main ones. That, 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 uh, I just think the other there was. Uh, I can't think of anyone else well, on the top of my head. But, you've yeah. done very well. You formed a great friendship with uh, two guys. I guess will bring uh, great memories back for you. And unhappily, I think both have recently passed away. Lindsay Klein and Barry Jarman. Uh, yeah, well, but there was a there was a group. I suppose you could say that uh, there was the older group, which are the guys like Yadil Harvey's and. Uh, and Benos and all that sort of thing. That they were, they were a little bit above us. Uh, but the, there was the guys like uh, Barry, Bitlidge, uh, Bobby, uh, Sibba, or Ron Gort was another one that came over. Pappy. The, yeah, Pappy. He came over as a replacement. Um, but, but we were well, a little bit more on our on our own. We. Uh, but uh, you know, generally, the, the, the guys, the older guys, were terrific. Really, they they they, they really looked after the younger guys because yeah, you know, we were only in our early twenties, uh, and where they were all say, in, well, it's in their late twenties, so and they're all they'd all been around a bit, and uh, yeah, they, they toured and they and that, some of them were outstanding, of course, like Beno, Harvey, and, and all that. So. But it was it was an interest it was an interesting period. But it was a period where we are, it was a, a rebuild as far as Australia was concerned. But uh, I must say this that we uh, in the time that I played, we never lost a series, and I think we only lost only one uh, lost one Test match, which uh, really overall is it's a pretty good record, isn't it? It's a fantastic record, and more importantly, you've had a fantastic career. Now. It, you're the great paradox of uh, of uh, any sport, but in, in your particular discipline, cricket. In as much as you've had an outstanding career, and it should be, but unfortunately, it was defined by what a lot of people would say was an ill, uh, total ill justice, and that is that test when you were called out for throwing. And the irony of all this was that the umpire that called you was Cole Ego. Now, Colleague and you, I, I believe, were very good friends and you bowled together and you won a tournament together and he actually gave you the trophy that you'd won. Is that true? That's true, yeah. It, it, it's it quite was, bizarre. Uh, was over in, in Adelaide and he, uh, he, he said, well, you better you come with me and we'll take you to the bowling club. We'll have a bite so we'll have a, a bit of a bowl. So anyway, we finished up winning this thing. Uh, the, following, the following season... Uh, uh, it, there was, I didn't know anything about a trophy or anything. The following season, I get up for the first test match and Egar comes over and he said, I've got a present for you. And he gave me this trophy and I wouldn't have a clue what it is. I might have thrown it away, I think. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, anyway, but then uh, 
I used to go to Adelaide a fair bit with the commentaries and things like that and then with work. And Wego was president of the South Australian Cricket Association, so I'd always finish up having a drink with him. Uh, yeah, but put it this way, he was a good bloke and uh, overall, but a lot of people said, uh, I don't know how you could talk to him, but I, I, I treat people as, uh, I think that he was just a good bloke and I enjoy his company. And that's the amazing thing, you know, about you, Count. You know, I know you personally, but you're never acrimonious or bitter towards him, whereas most people would have tried to run him over. But did he ever did he ever apologise or ever say anything to you? I know you were at his deathbed. No, nothing, nothing has ever been said. Uh, I thought when Benno when Benno passed away that uh, something might have come out with, uh, you know, about it because it was all, it was kept very very secret. And I know Ian McDonald, you know, our, our former. Our former president was yeah. was the president president of the club. Uh, he, uh, he 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 said that there was something funny that was involved in it. And he he reckons that it was a put up job, but and that nothing has ever come out. And uh, let's be honest, it's what sixty years ago or something. The burning question was why why weren't you tried from the other end, and that's never been answered. Well, Benno's, Benno always said that if uh, if any of his players were called, of course there was a, there was about three or four guys with suspect actions going around at the time, and he said if any of my blokes was called, he said I won't bowl them, I won't bowl them again in the game uh, until they until they get it right. And uh, all, but that, that's the only thing that I know about it. it but he did, he did come up to me and say that, in the, and unfortunately he said, I can't bowl you again. Count, what about the uh, couple of conspiracy theories that were raging at the time? Uh, you know, your career best was six for 38, I think, from memory, against the Poms. And it was widely mooted you you would have been a, a moral to go on the Ashes tour, but uh, because of the circumstance that uh, I think Bradman went over to England once with a video, did he not, to highlight you? Is that true? Uh, what actually happened there was quite interesting. That there was a, there was going to be a conference of all the of all the countries and you know, all the delegates and so forth in England to talk about the throwing situation. And this was uh, what round about night. Oh, it was it was just after the tour. So it would have been about 1940. Uh, not not 1940. About 1950. Uh, that's not right either. Uh, but anyway. Um, and he, Bradman and Bill Dowling, who was pre- president of the uh, Australian Cricket, uh, they went over there to, to more despite my case. Now, Bradman got, went, went to the ABC or the BBC and he found, a, uh, he found an old camera and he also found some footage, uh, some very old footage. And the camera itself was a, a, hand, a hand winding one so he could he could more this show a bowler in action and all that sort of thing. Frame by and, frame. Uh, yeah. At the conference, he uh, he actually pulled his camera out and uh, put, put the film in and, uh, and he said, look, I've got something to show you. And he, he put it in and wound it up. And he said, after it was over, he said, uh, uh, who, who do you think that is? And they all said, oh, that's Mecca. And he turned it the other way around and it was Harold Marvel. It was Ray, it was Ray Lindwell. Yeah, Ray Lindwell, Harold Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Harold Marvel was also, uh, he also used that as well. So, But it, it didn't change anything. They, they, the, the, the Pommy press didn't really want to let up because they didn't expect it to be beaten in 1958-59. Because he was such a big threat too, yeah. 
Well, I wasn't really the big threat, but I was I was partly involved. I was, I was involved in the in our attack, which uh, I suppose was uh, I, I was I was involved. Put it that way, yeah. You uh, you never played cricket again, I don't think, Ian. No, no. I, well, I I couldn't see any reason for it. Uh, you know, I was keen on the golf, and I was you know, a member of a golf club. Uh, uh, I was 28 years of age, which in today's day's world is really not old. Uh, but I, uh, I well, I thought, well, if if I was to go on and play, say, uh, Victoria, well, what I was told actually up there after the the game uh, when I was called is that I wouldn't be able to play for, I could play for Victoria but only when the games were in Victoria I couldn't go to Adelaide or <laughs> quite bizarre and I thought well that's a bit of a waste of time number one um, but then uh, then I thought well if I go and play district cricket I'm going to finish up with some umpire that wants to get his name in the yeah. paper and so he called me and, he, yeah, and so I thought no, it's all, none of it's worth it because I had a young family uh, and I didn't want to get to it. I was I didn't want to be any uh, any more in trouble with as far as I'm concerned, uh, and with the family especially. You're on golf and life. Our guest today is Ian Meckiff, yep. and of course we're looking at uh, uh, Sam having a little tibble there of Mitchell and Print, aren't you? Oh, my favourite drop. On life and sport, in fact. What did I say? Golf and sport. <laughs> God, I just can't get that. I can't get that big bazooka out of his hand. Well, I did play yesterday, so um, there you go. Um, Count. Uh, yes, yes, Sam, go for it. I just had my last little drop of that print. That, and the count and I do share it. We all share a nice drop of red. The count's not part. He's fairly partial to one himself. Yes, I do, do, do like that uh, Mitchelton print. I, I, I definitely agree with you, Sam. Ah, uh, thank you. Now, Count, let's get back to that memorable, memorable day. One of the most famous days in sporting history. The 61 tie test. The last over, you couldn't believe there was a, uh, a multi uh, multitude of outcomes. They could have won, we could have won, there could have been a draw and it could have been a tie. The last over, I think we needed five runs. Your um, face, was that right, five runs? Yeah, uh, no, I think it must. Uh, oh, yeah, I've forgotten now. <laughs> I'd roughly. Well, I think it, takes it was. Me, it takes me a while to keep it to remember these things. <laughs> well, I do. I do, I do it wasn't do. many, put it that way. No, yeah. it was five, and I'll remind you something else. Uh, there was two runouts. Joe Solomon ran them both out. Wally Grout, uh, and then you clipped one beautifully backward a square. I think it was. It was going to uh, race to the boundary. Sorry. It was through mid wicket. Oh, all right, mid wicket. Okay, square yeah, well, with the wicket. I've got, all right. I've got to give the facts. How right. good's your memory, for God's sake? You, <laughs> geez. Anyhow, count. All right, I'll start again. All right. Uh, so it's through mid wicket, count. I know where mid wicket is. I'm a country boy. Uh, and the ball was speeding to the pickets. And unfortunately, tell me the story of the curator that day. Well, as I found out later, that what what the, the curator used to do. In Mo, uh, say the inner circle uh, on day one, and then on day two, it go go in Mo the outer circle, and it got to the stage where uh, by the time the last day came around, uh, the the grass in the, on the outer circle basically is a bit, little bit longer than the other. The grass grew three what, inches. What had actually happened? Pull the ball back. Uh, yeah, a guy a guy that was on the fence just nearby, nearby is the one that actually told me. And uh, he said the, the, the ball just pulled up as if it was, you know, was get, get, running into water. 
So uh, Wally Grant got run out on the third run with that one. But it was the only, the only decent shot that I played, I think, for the whole tour. But if it hits the pickets, it's a different ball game. And of course, well, Wally was... It, was yeah, if it hits the pickets, uh, or gets in the gutter, actually, uh, you, uh, it would have been the, the game was all over. Yeah, yeah, different scenario. Was Wally a bit nervous before he came out? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he's a, he was a big smoker. He went through a packet of Rothmans, I know that, waiting when Davo and Richie Beddo were going. And uh, when he when he when he had to go out and bat, he, he left his gloves behind and his cap behind, and <laughs> had to go back and get them. And <laughs> yeah, he was a nervous wreck. Hey, his Rossmans wouldn't have cost much in those days because oh, half, yeah. half the team would have been working for. They him. all worked for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Count. Hey. What about uh, then? Lindsay Klein came in, did he not? Yep. So, did you have a discussion mid pitch or something? Yeah, I said, Lindsay, if you if, if you hit it, we'll run. So uh, anyway, that, that's what, uh, it, it, I thought it was the last ball to be honest, but uh, it, 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 he told me when it was all well, over. Well, right ball overs then ball. count for God's sake. <laughs> anyway, he, he hit the ball and I got a bit, of, I got a bit of a to just short mid wicket. Do you have uh, any other shots apart from mid wicket? Sorry. Did you have any other shots apart from mid wicket? I'm sorry, I, I didn't get that sound. Did you have any other shots in your array of trickery apart from through mid-wicket? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Nick's down the third man. Anyway, I said to Lindsay, I said, if you hit it, we run. So anyway, the Wes came bounding in and he, he, he was very quick. And remembering this the West was, Hall. was after six o'clock at night and he'd been bowling nearly all day. And uh, he... It came in here. He was really, he re- was really terrified. And uh, anyway, he, he sit in the middle and it's out to mid, short mid wicket. And I hesitated. I got such a shock when he did it. Actually, <laughs> if you're batting after me, you, you, you didn't expect to really be able to hit the ball, but especially when Wes is bowling. And, and I just took off as well, but I got run out. So uh, when I when I came in, I, I was very disappointed and uh, I was sitting there and with the head in my hand sort of thing and still with the pads on and Colin McDonald came up to me and said, what's wrong? And he said, well, we've been beaten, haven't we? I said, you know, it's ridiculous. We should have won that. And he said, no, it's, uh, don't worry about it. It's a draw. It's a tie. Everybody, so everybody's the same. So I could promise you that we we got kicked out of the the the, uh, the ground at about ten o'clock that night for making too much noise, <laughs> because the two the two teams and, the, and all that all got together and we gave it a nice old tickle and then it finished up going back to the hotel, uh, the old Lennon's Hotel. Yeah, Lennon's. Yeah, carrying on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back there, and it went to uh, quite late in the night. Uh, late in the night. Yeah. Of course, the Great West Indies side then, of course, was Worrell, Sobers, Hall. Uh, Solomon, you, you mentioned Joe Solomon. I yeah, think Jerry Alexander well. was the keeper, was he? Yeah, can I? Yeah, Rowan can I went to North Melbourne. Another yeah. one we lured across. Uh, yeah, good yeah, good half forward flank, I Normally they they go to water a little bit because they were they were so happy. They all came from different islands and all that sort of thing. It's not like here that they they play for Barbados and. Uh, like in the Olympic Games, Barbados is a separate country to yeah, yeah. uh, say, yeah, Trinidad, Tobago. That. That's right. But they were, they were, uh, but uh, Worrell, the, the captain, 
he, uh, he he really kept them all going together, and he got them all. He, he let them do what they wanted to do up until the last the last game before the test match. Yeah, the binding catalyst, yeah. And then he, then he put the foot down and he said, "Right, this is what you've got to do, and this is how we're going to do it." The way they went, and they were just a very good team. Yeah. Can we go on to something else, uh, Count? Before we let you get about your life. Um, You've got a, a love affair. It's been lasting now, what, for over nearly 60 years with the Victoria Golf Club. Uh, yep. you, you've served it uh, as captain. Uh, yes. You, you, you're a pennant player. Um, it's a wonderful club down there. No, well, and just by coincidence, of course, a guy that you would have played cricket with, I think I'm taking a punt here, Stackpole. Keith Stackpole's son is the manager there now. That's right. Yep. Yeah. He. Um, yeah, I played quite a bit with Stacky in the Shield cricket. Uh, in Shield, that was before he got into the Test matches. But uh, I didn't play a Test with him. <coughs> but uh, no, Stacky's Stacky's a good player. He, he, he enjoys life and he, he loves the game. Yeah, I think he still he still t- tells everybody they can't play and things like yeah. that. But <laughs> that's Stacky, of course. Uh, but but uh, getting going to Victoria Golf Club, uh, were you always a golfer, even through your cricket career? Yeah, well, I, I, I caddied as a kid when I, when I was about 12 at Kingston Heath. And uh, that's how I more or less, you know, you, you more or less hit a few balls with the, uh, well, the, well, the bloke you're caddying for was not looking sort of thing. But you, uh, you know, I learned to play the game there when I was about 12. And uh, then I joined the Keysborough when I was 19 and then I finished up I was asked to go to, to go to Vic when I was what 25 or something so uh, yeah uh, so I, I, I played golf you know, for quite quite a long while but uh, it used to be it used to be alright but put it that way at the moment it is not very good at all <laughs> Count, join the club yeah. Count you're admired on so many fronts on so many fronts by all Australians and uh, what a lot of people don't realise is the, apart from the obvious that's been well documented, what a lot of people don't realise is a great personal cost to your own personal life that this drama has really inflicted upon you. And I believe that, you know, your son you had to take out of school once because they kept calling him a chucker or the chucker's son. Uh, you were vilified a heck of a lot at various, you know, venues for whatever reason. So it was a very disturbing time at a personal level, which you never ever, you know, you never ever raised your hand or ever whinged about. You just moved on with your life. But it would have really hurt inwardly. Oh, yes. It was more the family sort of thing that you were worrying about because, uh, yeah, they all played cricket, um, the boy or the three boys. Uh, one of them was the Scotty, the youngest one. He's about 50 and he's still playing. Uh, out at uh, Greensboro, so uh, no, but no, it it was a thing that uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, playing cricket you, you don't get a lot of or you put it this way you're away a fair bit. South Africa, for instance, is a six you know, six months tour, uh, you, you, and uh, you, you're more you worry you worry a little bit all the time, I suppose, with with, with your family. But uh, it was one of those things where I didn't I didn't want the kids to really get involved to, to the stage that uh, I let, or put it this way, I let them play, if they want to play cricket, I let them do it themselves, uh, not me try to push them into doing it, 
uh, you'd help them when they when they did get involved. But uh, I, I never really pushed them, mainly because uh, the, the name the name can uh, cause a few problems. Or in those early days, at any rate, today nobody remembers it, so it really doesn't matter. But yeah, it, it was a thing that took a bit. It took a bit of. Uh, uh, or yeah, a bit to get used to uh, not being involved in it as well, which is the other thing. I think that uh, by, by being when you're involved, if it happens to you there, and uh, you, uh, you you can more look after yourself. I think, but uh, when you, you worry more in that when it all settles down a little bit, you worry about the family. And do you still feel some close association with South Melbourne Cricket Club? I, most of the most of the grounds that played on what are called cricket grounds, which are really footy grounds as well, have now gone to other places. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm not too sure about South. Are they still playing at the? No, no, they're not. That grounds, of course. No, they're, they're down at. The, uh, in fact, I'm going. Would you believe I'm going to a reunion today uh, of South or the, the players? They did trying to get a bit of a thing going and so I'm going along to that I've got to be gone in about half an hour actually um, but no, uh, they're, they're now down at um, oh, uh, down in the, the oh, oh, Williamstown Road the aren't they? Be. What's, yeah what's, Hoppers Crossy or somewhere aren't they? No it's no, it's, not, it's not, there's a big race course there uh, oh, yeah. Williamstown no, where are you? Where are you? It's, it's down, down through, down through Daddy Long, and go down Pakenham Way. Down Cranbourne. Go south. Cranbourne, uh, south. Uh, on the way to, on the way to Werribee, sort of thing. Oh, right. good. Any come back? Melton. Melton. No, there's no race course. Oh, there's a trotting track down at Melton. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not. No, that Melton's. No, this, this is this is ridiculous, isn't it? No, you, How are you going to get there? Uh, as a matter of interest. Oh, anyway, South Melbourne have amalgamated with them, but they haven't really uh, done a great deal. Unfortunately, that they're still building it up. It's, it's, it's the fastest growing area, or one of the. You got sat nav in your car. <laughs> Sorry. You got sat nav in your car. Just punch the address in to get you there. <laughs> now, Pat, uh, just quickly. No, I, I haven't even been there, mainly because oh. you know, the weekends are taken up uh, with, with uh, Saturdays as, yeah. as golf and uh, Sundays as uh, during the garden. So. Well, this function might take a while to get underway, but anyhow, Count, yeah. just a quick one. <laughs> Casey, Ka- it's Casey. Oh, Casey Fields. Oh, Casey, now we know you. Melbourne. Yeah. So it's Casey, Casey's uh, South Melbourne. That's. That's what they are. Ah, yeah. right. Gee, now, we yeah. were looking in the wrong area yeah. for the golf yeah, ball, yeah, weren't we? Yeah. We were in Werribee at one time looking yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leon would find it there because he carries a spare in his pocket. <laughs> Count, just a quick one finally. <clears throat> Ironically enough, today you would have been cleared and vindicated because I don't know how it's all evolved, but the chucking rule, it's something about the degree of bend in your elbow... And there was a famous case with Muralitherin, when he was uh, he was uh, he, w- he was uh, he-, he was called. Well, then they went to you know almighty sh- tribunal to clear to clear him or whatever they did. But they established a rule which you would have absolutely you know waltzed through. Yeah, well, uh, uh, there's a uh, uh, was Egar actually himself. He he said to me uh, when the when the rule came in. He said, uh, you, you, you'd be no problems now. Not, wouldn't have a problem. But, oh. 
because of your, of your arm with the new rule that's come in. So they, I think a lot of the umpires were a little bit dirty on it because it was allowing it. It was uh, what I think you had up to 15 degrees in your elbow. Now, I, I do know that uh, I, I was uh, had, had a knee operation a couple of years ago and it, in rehab there was a young young guy that was uh, uh, my, my looking after me with the physio, the physio side of it and I said you know, he put put on all all these level level things and I to to on how how your, your legs or your arm, your leg is going in your knee and the angles and the, the straighter you can get it the better and all that sort of thing and I said oh for, just for fun would you like to put that thing on on my elbow so I told him what it was about he, he had a bit of a chuckle and anyway he did it and it was ten degrees unbelievable. So, so it's permanently mm. 10 degrees, yeah. Count just finally. And it's nothing to do with how many pots I drink. No, I understand <laughs> that. Over drip tray count. Just quickly, last one. Look, it's rapidly getting on in time. Look, uh, you better get in your car because by the time you get to uh, Frankston, Hopper's Crossing, South Melbourne and Casey, you'd be, <laughs> no, the function will be over count. <laughs> So, I've been picked up actually, and we're going to South Melbourne. Oh, now you tell me, God, we're now, worried. Now we did say this is winding up, but who do you expect to say? One of the guys that was a fellow member of the Commonwealth was Keith Kendall. He was one yep. of your, he was one of your superstar uh, club members, and uh, who, yep. who else used to keep the place together? Um, well, well, well Keith, Keith actually was there for a long time, but uh, I don't even know. I don't know whether is he still playing golf. Do you know? I, I don't think so. I, I, well, he's a member of Commonwealth. or was. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I know he was a member there. Yeah, but uh, Keith, Keith would play in the, our first premiership. He was exactly top scored in our first innings in the, uh, the first premiership at South. But um, well, Alan Connolly. Uh, he, hopefully, he'll be at this lunch today. Yeah, and, North uh, Melbourne boy. Uh, Ian Redpath. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, Reddit. Tell me, uh, Count, uh, I know you live in the tree, leafy tree-line suburb of Bow Morris. Do you know any public courses or any, you know, guys that just hack around an 18-course golf course, apart from Commonwealth and Metropolitan? And Victoria. And, and Victoria. You know, do you know any common people? Uh, yes, I know. Apart from me. I know a lot of common people. I know you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Count, it's been a great joy having you on our Sport and Life uh, podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, and you can tell your teammates today that they can pick it up on Spotify, iTunes, iTunes, uh, uh, Facebook. <laughs> no, Facebook. Oh, if you run to Mark Zuckerberg, tell him to get stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. It's been my pleasure. And en- en- enjoy yeah. today thanks with for, the old. Thanks for asking me. Good See you, Count. Enjoy what a today, Count. Okay, then. Cheers. Ian Mackup joining Sam Kekovich and Leon Wigard, and we'll catch you next time on Sport and life.